So they've shut down all the streets here in downtown, and I'm going to have to presume that that's for the Glenn Thomas Parade, right? Right? Let's have one of those. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. As I said on yesterday's show, I don't know, can't know, if Thomas was brought in as some sort of pressure point, a safety valve, or even just a shove down the next flight of steps for Matt Canada. But I do know this. Canada's on the last year of his contract. Canada's visibility over the offseason is negligible. You don't see him. You don't hear from him. There aren't interviews placed on the team's website, and he he's right there in the building every day. And if he was somebody that you wanted to cite as some uh, point of pride for the organization, you know, you would have, hey, fans, guess what? New Q&A with Matt Canada. Woohoo! But you wouldn't give off the appearance, whether it's accidental or not, that, you know, he's not necessarily the the shining light of the organization. My stance is this, and it's actually been this for several months. A, the Steelers would be better off without him. Okay? Better off without him. B, since he's still here, they'd be better off by having potential replacements at hand because the head coach isn't in a position to take over the offense since he's a defensive guy, even though, and yes, I know this from earlier in the week, misspeaking, Mike Tomlin was a wide receiver at William and Mary. And yes, I actually did know that, but only everybody had to respond to it. Still, you would not want Tomlin guiding your offense under any circumstances. And I don't know that you'd want Mike Sullivan doing that either. Uh, Sullivan has been a quarterback's coach for a long time now. Uh, He hasn't called plays, and I'm underscoring those two words, for many years. And to throw him into that just because he knows Kenny, just because he's comfortable with Kenny, and just because he'd be the most qualified to know the existing playbook still strikes me as a, you know, What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. So why does Thomas come in? Better question, what does it mean for the mythical leash? On Canada. That's that's really the thing here, because this team is going to be better off when it doesn't have Canada. I, I don't want to hear, at least not now, that he'd previously dumbed down the playbook because he had a bunch of rookies or that he was limited or that he willfully limited himself in any way. I don't buy it. The reason I don't buy it, and I would hope this would have been obvious to everybody, but it's occasionally worth reminding that every opportunity that Tomlin himself was given to assess Canada's performance, he basically 
punted on it. Or he'd say something like, he's gotten better, or we're all in this together. Or, guys, you ask me this every week. Okay? That's not an endorsement. That's not a head coach who was happy with his coordinator. But that is a head coach who would be thinking to himself, listen, I don't know how many cracks I'm going to have at this. I kind of like this group that we have. I certainly like having a prime of his career, TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, and I've still got Cam Hayward here. And then I look on the offensive side, I see a bunch of kids. I love Najee Harris. I love what I see from from Kenny Pickett. I love uh, George Pickens. I, I, I like a lot. I like the money that we've spent on the offensive line, and I am not, as the head coach, going to let them down by sticking them with a substandard offensive coordinator, if, in fact, he again proves to be that. Now, why they didn't make this decision already, whatever. Okay, who knows? It might even be money-based. It might even be contractual. You can't know that. I can't know that. But what we can know, and this was one of the things that drove me nuts through all of last season, is that, and even Tomlin's greatest cynics and critics would acknowledge this, the man's got a passion for winning the next football game he plays. It's his raison d'etre, okay? This is who he is. It's how he coaches. It's how he acquires talent. It's how he develops talent. Everything is about Sunday's game. Nothing from the past, nothing that looks past it. And yet, he kept dragging this guy around, and I, I, I don't get it. I haven't had a good Canada rant for you guys in a while here, so I hope you'll understand that this hiring of Glenn Thomas kind of poked the bear a little bit because it it's it's still when you look at Thomas's resume here is meaning when the parade is over and after the statue's been carved, it's not going to floor you. Okay, there's not much there. This isn't someone who you go, whoa, this guy's going to come in and make a difference. You don't think that. What you do think, and you think it all over again, maybe for the millionth time, is what are they doing at that particular position? What are they doing? When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Lamarck, who says, Hey, DK, I'm curious to know who's your favorite Steelers coordinator, and how do you think he would do with the roster as it is right now? Would he be able to take the team to a division title, an AFC title, or the big one? Well, you don't say which coordinator, Lamarck. I, I'm going to presume you're referring to offense, since that's what's on every Steelers fan's mind only all the time. So... I'm going to take it as an offensive thing 
And I'm going to go back and tell you that there really isn't an offensive coordinator that I can say, yeah, there, there was something there. That was really innovative, dynamic stuff that would be worth some other team stealing that person away. The most effective coordinator I've covered unquestionably was the one you would anticipate, and that's Todd Haley. Now, Haley also presided over an offense that had three virtually unstoppable players in Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell together at one time, not to mention a veteran line and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And it's kind of criminal that they didn't win all of those things that you just rattled off there. However, if you think about it, they did their part. You go back and look at what that offense did statistically, even in the biggest games. They didn't go dry. When they would get upset, whether it was the Jaguars or somebody else, it was because of the defense. They put up a ton of points against Jacksonville. They put up a ton of points more often than not against New England. It didn't matter. They got outscored. How much of that goes to Haley and how much goes to the players? That's always an impossible thing to, uh, an impossible line to draw. But you got to give him some credit for it. So I, I could say him, but I don't have an offensive coordinator that I look back over the past and say, oh, yeah, now there's the guy. I can do that with Dick LeBeau. You know, I can do that with Dick LeBeau all day long. And you'll notice that this defense didn't stop being the standard Pittsburgh defense until LeBeau was gone and Keith Butler took over or to whatever degree Butler was allowed to be the actual defensive coordinator. And it was actually Mike Tomlin. We'll never know that either. So here's what I'll say to you instead. This franchise, the collective not just Tomlin, not just Art Rooney. This franchise is hideously overdue to have an elite coordinator on either side of the ball through any means possible, meaning the acquisition. You don't have to have uh, a $10 million outbidding of the latest, hottest OC out there. I know that's how it tends to go in some markets because those salaries don't apply to anybody's salary cap. You can spend whatever you want on them, and the Steelers notoriously don't spend a whole lot on coaching. Not in the volume of coaches and arguably not in the quality of coaches. But you would think you'd hit on one just by accident. Let's look at Terrell Austin, for example. What if Austin were to build up uh, a real resume. And you could argue that he at least made a start this past season with the team finishing or tied for number one in the NFL in interceptions. Yeah, there were holes along the way. There were flaws that were exposed, especially when T.J. Watt went down. Uh, they still allowed way too much on the ground right through to the end of the season, by the way. But stay with me. It's a hypothetical. If Austin were to show himself and then have a really, really, really great overall season in 2023, what do you think the Steelers' reaction would be? Do you think they'd go out of their way to find a way to keep him, to pay him? I don't know that, because I don't know that they value the coordinator slots as much as other teams do. And I think that's either a problem or it needs to be exposed as a problem. 
I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Not just today, all week long, we will be back with a new one on Monday.